Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. All right, uh, Frederick James Kosh, uh, I'm going to call you Jimmy since that's what John Watts calls you. Welcome to the Center of the Universe. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, cheers. Yeah, so I guess we should start with we connected through John Watts. Uh, so, how did you meet John, and how, how do you know John, and, and why do you stay in touch with John? Um, oh wow. Um, I think that goes down to an old saying that my mum used to always tell me. Like it, it's sort of like any man that can count uh, his close friends more than 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 the fingers on his hands um, is probably fooling himself. And I think John is definitely somebody that's always been there for me probably one of those one of those fingers <laughs> so every time we don't talk all the time but when we do we catch up it's like it's you know we were hanging out since you know we barely missed a beat so um yeah we met when we were in both when we both were scouted to work for the department of defense in canberra um i think that was man, probably 2007 yeah, it was a little while back. So we we both just graduated from um, from our prospective universities, and I think I uh, I was studying in Melbourne. He was in South Australia, I believe. So um, yeah, we we met there, and we kind of um, we learned quickly that Canberra was uh, a place that might not might not be for us. But at the same time, we um, and we were yeah very very different, like to most of the people that were there. We yeah, we, we found that out very early. So. Um, yeah, we, we, we stuck together and really had a great time. We, we made the best of our time over there. It was good fun. Yeah. I, I met John about 10 years ago of all places in the U S military. And, uh, I, I love spending time with him. I, he, he would probably say we spent too much time together, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's a great guy. He's a good guy to know and, and call a friend. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad I know him. Yeah. Very cool. So you were, <laughs> yeah, but... go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I would say the exact same thing, but go, go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we have a weird, like, uh, second or two delay here. Mm. So you were, you were born and raised in Sydney, Australia. Your dad is Sri Lankan. Your, your mom is also Sri Lankan? Yes, they're both Sri Lankan. But um, if you were to look at them, they wouldn't, you wouldn't pick that up straight away. Like, my dad is of uh, German-Portuguese descent um, and a bit of Dutch in there as well. Um, and my mum is of uh, Malaysian Indonesian um, descent. She's yeah. So, um, but they're both born in Sri Lanka, and I know um, from from documentation now that I do have a bit of Sinhalese in me as well. So yeah, there's there's it's very colourful as as um, as many times as that uh, that particular country has been colonised. I believe I, I probably have some part of it. In there. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, very colourful blood. Um, and it's funny going back as well too. Whenever I go back, it's I don't stand out as somebody that would look like Sri Lankan by any means. Um, but uh, the culture, the the culture within these four walls of my house, um, have always been that way. With when I'm with my parents or otherwise, it's sort of like it's a very Sri Lankan household. Um, so yeah, the culture that we share is is very very important to us. And do you speak uh, the native tongue for Sri Lanka? I think just about enough to get me into all sorts of trouble. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've been known to cop a good slap every now and again. Um, 
yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But um, no, it's 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 something that I've been back and forth there. I've I've started businesses there and I've worked with people over there. I've um I've taken part in films over there. So yeah, I've I've been back and forth quite a, quite a bit. And that country, very much like Australia does, has a very very um very very grassroots and sort of homely feel to me. Whenever I'm back there, I do feel like it's it's um it's some place that I can get easily lost in. You know, it's it's wonderful. Yeah. You're in uh, Melbourne. I'm I'm saying Melbourne now. I, you listen to the Pete Sylvester episode and yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> very He's East Coast on the right America. course, right? I got yeah. but, but it <laughs> feels Melbourne. weird to me. <laughs> and that's how I said it. Uh, but when I say Melbourne, it, it just doesn't roll off my tongue like it does for you. No, it doesn't. Melbourne. Yeah, no. Melbourne is definitely the way that we that we um that we pronounce it or Melbs or uh, yeah. Yeah. Melbs. I think some people call it here, but, um, but Melbourne is, <laughs> we just don't use R at all unless it's, unless it's at the very, very start of a word or halfway in between. And even then we really fight to not use it. <laughs> so, so yeah, forget about anything that's near the end. Melbourne. Yeah. Right. Like the R is not there. No, it's not. <laughs> it's actually funny. Like uh, when I was when I was doing a lot of uh, accent work in the states, I think that's why certain particular areas, uh, like when I was doing a lot of the the New York stuff, um, yeah, you guys don't they don't use their R's there as much either. No, so. they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my, yeah, especially the Bostonian and stuff like that. So yeah, my my wife is from Northern Jersey, and she. She does use ours because she's lived uh, in Virginia for 25 years, but her mom mm. refuses to pronounce the letter R. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a bit of a weird thing. It took me a while to actually to get like the, the W's and the R's, I think, are the trick for Australians when it comes to the American accent. It's like white <laughs> and, you know, um, roller coaster. Like it's, yeah, there's, there's <laughs> some really tricky stuff there. <laughs> Especially if you don't like ours, yeah. I'm with you yeah yeah so, so when you were growing up in sydney how, how did you like to spend your time uh i lived in a really really small little almost a almost a village um of a place called sandy point it was um southwest of sydney probably about 40 minutes from the city um but it only had three streets it was a very very small place and it was on the georges river and it was just maybe it was surrounded by a creek as well so it was almost like a little island um, and it was just stunning place to grow up in. It was in the thick of the bush. I think most of the times, whenever we used to come home from school, um, on our, you know, we only had two buses in and out. And, um, when we, when we came home, we would just, you know, basically just throw off our, throw off our, uh, school shoes, our little docks or whatever. We used to have our clerks and we'd just run down to the Creek and, uh, that's how we'd spend our days in canoes and running through the bush and, yeah, avoiding snakes whenever we could, <laughs> whatever it, whatever it would be. But yeah, it was a very, very creative time in our lives. I think we just sort of, I remember, I think it must've been until I was at least about 16 or 17 when I stopped going down to the bush to have that sort of connection. It was constantly something that we would be down there, whether we were playing armies or hide and seek or um, whatever it would be, like just swimming even, it would, it would always be a source of just sort of, uh, inspiration to go down there and just just play like it was I don't think we I mean I was a spoiled kid I had a lot of toys but I mean that was the biggest place for me to play I think 
Yeah, that's, uh, that was a beautiful, beautiful childhood. Yeah, really connected to nature uh, your entire childhood. Yeah, that's, yeah, it was. It, I... Sorry, go. <laughs> no, I was going to say, uh, I can't think of a better childhood to be exposed to nature that often and to be with friends out there is uh, even cooler. Uh, and you mentioned snakes. I have to go here. I, as an American, I think of Australia as having the most poisonous snakes anywhere on earth. Is that true? That is, I think that's very true, actually. I think it's, there's like at least about, I think what they say, like seven to, or nine. I can't remember. It's one of those prime numbers. I oh, don't know, seven or 11 of the top 20 dangerous snakes in the world or something. I don't know. I can't remember. It's like, it's, it's, we got a few here. We got a few. Like, um, um, I think, I think, I mean, like I, it wasn't uncommon in every summer. I think we would, we would sort of come into contact with at least a snake or two. Um, and they would always, I remember my, I, that's the only thing I have a fear of actually, like people talk about spiders and all that sort of stuff. I have no fear of spiders. In fact, I think I, I went in the backyard. I, 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 my parents pulled like a, a huge huntsman out of my nappy when I was a kid. Um, but as far as snakes goes, I'm not really sure why. I think I think there was an event where we were playing hide and seek again in the in the bush, and um, there must have been about five or six of us. And I remember counting, and and I think I was getting to about you know about seven, six, five, and I was could hear rustling in the bushes, and I was like, man. I can hear you. I'm going to catch you straight away. What are you doing? Like, that's so stupid. I'm going to, I'll give you another three seconds, but three, two, this is going to be embarrassing. I can hear you. And then I turned around and there was this huge, it must've been about maybe a meter and a half, two meters long, um, a brown snake. Um, it was just, it was, I think it's one of the most deadliest snakes that we have in Australia. And, um, I remember seeing it and just like my whole body just froze in fear. And I don't think I ever was scared of snakes until I saw it then. And knowing the proximity that, and he knew that I was there when I turned around and he could smell me in the, or my, the temperature shift in the air. And, and I remember just thinking, what do I do? Cause this guy can move pretty fast. And, um, I suddenly found myself up a tree. I don't know how I got there, but I found myself up a tree. And then I started yelling to my friends. It was the first thing that I thought of was like, don't come anywhere near here. There's a snake. There's, there's a snake here. Like just run, go guys, get out of here. Like, um, which is interesting. Like, I think that's pretty weird for some, a kid to say that <laughs> don't to be worried about everyone else more than himself. I think even at that time I was sort of, I'm not sure. Like I was, I used to always love to jump on the grenade, so to speak, like when it comes to stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's weird that that would come out that way. But yeah, I remember thinking that. And then like, um, I think all my mates came around with rocks and stuff and started throwing them in the area. And then finally he just went, just off and did his thing. And like, I was forever scarred, but I'm sure he just went about his business and came around and scared the next child the next day. So, <laughs> but, but um. I don't think they have any interest in uh, harming you. I, I just think they, if he had tried to attack, it was because he was trying to, to defend himself. Oh, absolutely. Think. Absolutely. Yeah. Without it, without question, it was probably the way I think like it's, it's just, it's, it's funny how some, how some animals have that sort of, 
um, that emerging fear that 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 we have with 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 humans. Like like I'm fine with dogs and cats or whatever it may be. There's I think there's nothing that's actually that actually does. I, I actually play with spiders. You know the idea of like people having pets. I don't, I'm not attracted to them by any means, but I but I don't fear them at all. Um, but snakes, it's the one thing that I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, no, can't do. But um, I'm not, I'm, but I'm not scared in the way that Americans are scared. It's not, it's not a, it's not a, oh, that's poisonous. I could die. I'm not, I'm not scared of, in, in the least by that. It's just, it's just a primal fear. I see it. And I'm, if it could be, it could be a green snake, you know, one of those like pythons just, just like to hug people. I'd be, I would be petrified. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Crocodiles, not, not a, not a care in the world, just snakes. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, the only animal I really fear, um, I, I, I guess primarily to, to your word, uh, are snakes. Uh, it could be a, a foot long or a third of a meter sort of thing, yeah. and I'm petrified. I'm running the other way, yeah. even if I knew it wasn't poisonous. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just, I don't know what it is. Like, even, I remember going to Thailand a while back, and, and they had, like, the, you know, the cobra show like oh come on jimmy king cobra king cobra and i was just like i was like i felt like a, a small schoolboy back in those days and everyone was at the front going oh my god look at the snake he's and i was just like no no don't go go <laughs> that's cool do it help and i would just be constantly looking around to see if there was any sort of offspring that sort of escaped or something oh. but yeah yeah can't do it so so when did you know you had a deep interest in the arts music acting dancing um i think i've always had it like i think since 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 i was a child i used to come home and and i would whenever i'd have the cousins over or anybody else that would be like the, the bigger family that would come over we'd we'd sort of um we would uh recreate Michael Jackson music videos or whatever it may be at the time that was popular and um, perform the whole, you know, the, you know how he would have his amazing sort of um, lead ups to his songs. They would have like a full story. We would write, we would write a new story or the sequel to that story that, that was in beat it. Like, you know, he, he had a fight with this guy and then they became friends at the end. So what happens to that friendship? You know, like we would, we would connect that story and do beat it too. You know, so <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah it was like we used to always do stuff like that for for the parents when they would come over and and um I think I, I used to love performing and singing and stuff like that but yeah I, I don't I think it was all it was it was only much later in my life that I actually really even understood that connection with it because for me it was just it was as natural as as communicating like to perform to um I think I, I was naturally sort of had that um sort of uh extroverted energy that would that would just sort of manifest itself when people were around it would just come out so um yeah it was it was a very young time but I think it was funny because I was never like I think my my dad was very much a he's an entertainer as well he's a he's a musician he's a singer and he's a very successful singer at that and um he has always strongly and firmly believed in having a natural sort of talent for these things it's either you have it or you don't and I think unfortunately for me that's something that I very much uh very much believed in for a long time and I think I think it's taken a long time for me to sort of 
break that down and say, okay, well, there's natural talent and there's, you know, skill that you need to develop as well. Um, and I think that's where a lot of heartache for me has come from the arts because I've sort of, if it didn't, if something didn't work for me, it was like, it's not only, you know, not only is it that you don't have the talent, like some, you just can't get that skill. It's just not a, it's not a possibility. And I remember for one of the main reasons why I never wanted to sing was um, because I just, I couldn't keep pitch. My, 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 whenever I would sing, it would just, there would be just no, um, the musicality would just not be there, but the, the tone, I think, it was something that was repeated quite frequently to, and it was painful when people used to say it too. It was like, Oh, wow. He's got, he's got such a beautiful voice. He's got a really, really nice tone to it. It's a shame. He can't keep pitch though. He's just, he can't. So, you know, just let it go. And that was, that was, it was funny because that was a real heartbreaking thing for me. So when people found that out, like when they found out that I wasn't musically inclined, um, I think I focused on visual arts and stuff like that, but there was such a passion for music. I remember, I remember, I probably shouldn't, be repeating this in a public forum but I remember at, at um at public school I remember I I going home one day I I stole a guitar I stole a guitar from my school because <laughs> I knew that no one would ever buy me one like so I got it and I said I got it from the school and they let me practice on it and I actually did have every intention of giving it back I just got so good at it that I never did <laughs> um and then what happened was I, I used to be so, so afraid of, of, of criticism that I would, I would actually go into my room, I would turn the radio on and I would face it towards the door so people could hear the radio on. Then I would go into the closet, literally into the closet and, and get the guitar and start playing and singing because I was so worried of people stepping in and saying, oh, no, that's not good enough, or this is this, or maybe you should try this. Or I just, I didn't want that. I just wanted to experience what that had to offer that world that was there. And it was just such a, uh, it took a long time for me to, to, to come out of the closet in a musical way, so to speak. It was not, it was not fun for me. That, that was it, it, it which, 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 which has become an interesting thing because those, that, that, those two worlds exist. And I know so many people that are just extremely talented. And I know people that have, that have had to earn every, every, every moment that they, um, that they can on stage. And the, the difference is sometimes that, that talent will take you so far, but skill will just like set you apart. It will, it will, it will, it will surpass talent eventually. And I think I've, in some areas I've definitely had it, but some, some of them have just been oh, really painful and I've had to, I've had to really hone in on those skills. And I think the difference is now is, is the, that when I, when I take the stage, I always see it as an opportunity for me to, to really just embrace a gift that was given to me that I was given to me halfway that I had to earn. You know, so I think that's that's really really cool. That's I really enjoy singing. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, my next question was going to be about acting versus singing, but I'll save that uh, for to put this question in there. You mentioned Michael yeah. Jackson, uh, known as the King of Pop. Uh, your dad is uh, known as Asia's King of Pop. 
Why is he not simply <laughs> okay, king of king of pop? Why is he Asia's king of pop? Um, <clears throat> well, because I think he did. I I think he used to do the circuits there all the time. I mean, he was he was for a large part of my life. He was he was you know in whether it was Bangkok or or the Philippines or uh, Malaysia or wherever it is. If you name if you name a city or if you name a country, he's been there in in asia or southeast asia is is he's just been all over that place and i think he was he was a, a large part of i think he even when it comes to like i mean like the, the the groups that he was with he would he would be representing like almost a, a genre that wasn't represented in so for example when he went to india he would be you know bringing sort of pop pop music to them when they didn't have talented um, musicians from the from the west and Sri Lanka was really interesting because they had have such a, an amazing talent pool of musicians and artists there it's 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 quite a place to go but um yeah they they really work hard at their craft as well and I, and and I remember I remember talking and and and, and listening to people of uh, of that era and, and just thinking to myself man they were just so good like these days we we kind of we, we have our microphones and record and we have like a you know 200 track you know um uh digital audio workstations and stuff to work with but back in the day they'd have like you know two tracks and one track and they'd just be playing it and they get it right or wrong and do it again or not you know and that's just and I think that made them into these amazing musicians and I think with dad he would just constantly be picking up uh, different cultural instruments over there. Like he, he's only a musician as far as, as a singer, but he would incorporate those sounds before, before like a lot of other bands would. So it was, he was really just, yeah, I could, I, I guess that's how he got, you know, Asia's King of Pop because he was just constantly, constantly moving all around those circles and coming back to Australia and doing stuff and then going back to, um, going back to Sri Lanka and India and just constantly traversing everywhere. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's definitely well loved. I think a lot of the, a lot of, um, a lot of the royalty of Indian cinema are his fans because he went over there during that time. And yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see the, the roots that he's had and the, the beautiful career that he's had over the years. Yeah. And it's really cool because it allows you to be exposed to things that uh, most kids wouldn't be exposed to. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, with with if that's one thing that I've really inherited from dad, that's that's um, that I can say that you know um, that I that I haven't had to earn myself so much is that that um, stage presence. Like that's you know when I get on stage, it's sort of uh, I mean, there's two different components to it. There's for me that as as the as the actor, I've I've sort of I can get up there and just sort of go, this is what the song needs perform it boom you know i need to put my heart out there and sing about some lost lover or i need to you know talk about everyone needing to get on the floor or whatever it is i can do that but uh there's something very different about taking it to the next step and becoming a, a, a musician musician that produces his own music as well as performs with an instrument too like and it seems like a very small thing like it would seem like a small thing but to me it was sort of it's it's flipping that script of becoming an extrovert and becoming almost an introvert when you pick up a musician and play something unplugged like when you play a guitar and suddenly you're letting people come in and witness the story as opposed to projecting it out 
Um, and I think I got that part from acting. That's a very, very different sort of component. And I've um, honing on that. It's been, yeah, that's, yeah, I've, I've learned a lot, mainly from the contrast of the two ways of performing that extroverted sort of taking the lead and really sort of, you know, taking that microphone and taking everybody on a journey. And then like the difference of like letting people sort of come into your journey, which is, um, it is, a, it is something that's, that's uh, yeah, that I, I enjoy that part, especially when I see musicians like uh, Billie Eilish or something like that do that. That's, that's very different to see that on a, on a level. You can see that sort of extroverted side where she can control the crowd and then, you know, she can hush them with a whisper. And that's just, that's beautiful. That's really, really cool. I, I don't think I've heard a more beautiful description of uh, someone who just has the mic and they're singing uh, versus a, uh, someone playing an instrument. And they may be singing as well, but yeah, the whole push-pull notion. Uh, yeah, mm. you, just, you just you blew my mind a little bit there. Jimmy. Oh, thanks man thanks yeah no, uh, I, I i think it is a very very different world that that you can incorporate when you're on stage yeah cool uh so do you consider yourself an actor or uh a musician first and foremost again it's the name thing that we were talking about before <laughs> it's sort of like i have an identity crisis it's sort of it's constant it's a like i don't know i think some somebody told me a little while back i, I that i um, was that you know if you if you're struggling with names it's just it's especially when it comes to you know those those hats especially I mean like right now I'm 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 editing a music video that I'm starring in in a film that I was starring in as well which is really weird but um, but yeah I think I think I say I got lost with that question after all because I just saw work in my head I just went back to the big big uh what is it uh final cut thing and i was like oh what are i gonna do next what was the question again sorry <laughs> actor or musician first and foremost right named yes hats um yeah i think i think it's it's um yeah somebody said a little while back that you know if you just embrace the artist then nothing will sort of because that's mm. what you, that's what these things are they're forms of expression yeah they're different tools to use different things like right now i think you know if if Leonardo da Vinci was around now, we'd have a very, very different Mona Lisa, right? Like, um, yeah, it's just, I think, I think with every, with every way that we do these, like I, I, when I was, a, when I was a kid, I think when I was just maybe 16 or 17, I think um, I started going to, my uncle used to hold these under 18s events where they had like 2000 kids. It was crazy. And um, I remember one night they didn't have an MC. So I picked up the microphone and my cousin was like DJing. And like, I remember just thinking to myself, like, I don't know, I don't, I'm not going to sing. What am I going to do? But I, all of a sudden it was just like, it was a tool. It was a tool to be able to express myself and connect with the audience. And it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily sort of like a performance in the way that you would start from A and finish at B. It was sort of like, it was just that, connecting people to the music and allowing them to feel what the DJ was trying to express and through that connecting them back to me and throwing that energy back and forth and that's even that it might not be seen as like a, a really sort of a, you know a traditional form of or an art but that is in its in a way like there is a there is a technique to it there's a way that you control and inhabit that audience and sort of you know um so yeah, I think I think there's different. There's so many different names that I would like. I never would have thought I'd be into editing, but some of this stuff is sort of like, 
um, I've had to do out of out of just sort of opportunities that have arisen from from almost nowhere, like going to Kenya or something like that, and having to 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 the opportunity to film a documentary. Um, yeah, like they've just come up. So there's different forms of expression where you can put your sort of your perspective on things and how you've ex experienced them. And then um, they branch out in different ways, which is just, it can be really cool. It can be really, really cool. Uh, Jimmy, I see a flashing. I don't know if that's a battery symbol. Do you see the same thing on your screen? Um, I think that might be an SD card flashing. I think that's been there. <laughs> I, I was worried we were going to lose you. No, no, no. You still hear me, I'm sure. And I'll just push the battery out. It's not bothering me, Jimmy. If it's not a problem for you, it's not a problem for me. Okay. Yeah, we're still If it does, if you do leave, lose me visually, you'll still have me on the audio and I'll just switch out the battery for the meantime. But yeah, sorry, where were we? Yeah, we're good. Well, you mentioned going to Africa. Uh, you were there uh, to film a documentary about the Maasai uh, people. Can you tell me about that experience? Um, I'm, I'm really not one of those people that generally just goes, um, I, I don't have the wanderlust like Pete does, that's for sure. Not, not in that quite that sense, not to, uh, to uh, I mean, I do, but not, not like that. That's um, for something like with Kenya was, I think, um, what happened was one of my very, very close friends came up to me and was saying that they had been back and forth to, uh, to the wilderness and meeting the Maasai for about, you know, five or six years. And they hadn't, in every time that they went over there, something would happen with the video footage, like whether it would be like they have a film operator there and he would, they would have an argument and he, they would not get the footage or, um, or uh, it would just mysteriously get deleted when they bring brought it back or something like that. And she was just saying, wow, I just love to, to see some, do something where people can actually see where their money goes, you know, or the donations that we give, because they're unlike a lot of NGOs um, or non-for-profits, they're like these guys, literally every dollar that they, that you give them will go into an inoculation for, for a kid over there or you know vitamin vitamin a to, to you know to sort of stay off malnutrition or, or whatever it may be and um yeah they they go there off the backs of their own sort of pocket and then um at the same time nobody gets to see the work that they do there and i remember i remember while i was there it was just it was you know you have these ideals of what africa will be like and and it's it's in a very honest way like it's to me it was just so it was so beautifully confronting like things that that you wouldn't you know that when your five senses really start picking up when you when you get out of the car and you go oh okay wow this is feeling wow that everybody is very you know sort of natural here and it's just even that it's such a it's such a you know it's such a quote-unquote first world perspective of the world like straight away when you you know and the kids will come up to you and touch your hands and you'll sort of feel the hairs on your, on your, um, on your forearms or whatever. And it's all of a sudden you're just sort of like, wow, this is very confronting. But at the same time, like there's just such a beautiful connective nobility about these guys. Like they, when they look at you, they, they look like into your eyes and you can't avoid, there's nowhere to go. Like it's just sort of when they're talking to you, you feel like there's nobody else on the planet and it's just, just amazing even the kids have that sort of um that way of sort of just wanting to just 
the curiosity is so genuine and so innocent it's really really beautiful and just it sort of knocks you out of that you know that 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 place where you thought you were five seconds ago where you're like i'm not sure if i can stay out here oh my god how am i going to not have showers how am i going to um it was just such a beautiful place and I, i was given an opportunity to do that with these guys because because they uh i think they 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 were so desperate to get this video stuff done um yeah, it wasn't until it wasn't until I had been there with them and, and shot stuff, and I was literally editing in a van, <laughs> in a van while we were going, and I was showing my um, my uh, one of my new friends there, uh, one of the one of the doctors there, the work that I was putting together, and he was just this guy doesn't get emotional at all. He's very sort of you know sort of a a uh, a blank canvas when it comes to emotions, but he was just sort of. He was really taken aback by the work that we were showing them do. And all I was doing was put a camera to it and manage and to be lucky enough to be there for the moments that were happening. And that's that's kind of the pressure that you feel as a documentarian, I think, that you there's always amazing stuff happening, but you're like, did I film it? Or is there something else going on, you know? And um, you just kind of have to have a faith that like whatever's gonna be guiding you, the reason why you're here is why you're gonna be it'll happen in front of you, and you just gotta be ready to shoot, push the the red button, you know. And I remember him saying that, like, man, that I didn't, I was not one of the people that would have believed that, like, the video stuff is worth it. But, like, I've, this is my fifth trip here. And every time I go back and forth, like, I, I, my wife just lets me go. And I don't, I don't, I, I, I really cherish the fact that she does that. She allows me to do that. But this time I can show her the work that we do. You know, I can, she knows that that's going towards something. The time away that we spend is, is invaluable and we'll lose that. But at the same time, I know what my husband's doing. And I was just like, whoa, okay. I, did, I didn't even see that perspective. All I saw, all I was thinking was like, how could I help this cause? How can I help, you know, these guys, the hard work they do be seen. But I didn't realize that it could have been just that alone, just that, that, that you know sort of to friends and family seeing the work that these this beautiful work that these guys are doing it was it was it was it was, it was life-changing to be a part of that it really was it was just sort of it was really an amazing opportunity to sort of see what uh what amazing work people are doing out there you know and and, and at, at the very least be able to sort of uh, enhance it by just being there with a, with a camera there to record it, you know, and being, I guess, a, uh, a sort of a conduit for that, for that to happen on a large scale. So more people can invest and more people could, could help their cause and, and get more things done. I mean, in the time that we were there, when I got there, I think they just raised enough funds to build a small medical clinic to which if it was not there, it would have been something like, I think it's something, about 14 hours to the closest medical aid facility. I could be wrong, but it's around 14 to, to 16 hours to the nearest medical aid clinic. And we went there and they had gauze and Savlon, like antiseptic cream. That's all they had, you mm. know? Wow. Um, so when these guys set out to do this, it was just an amazing feat. It was such a beautiful experience to see that come together like for the first time and being there and seeing seeing it amongst this backdrop of just these beautiful first nation people it was just 
it was amazing. And it was, it was all those things that I was terrified of experiencing and all of the things that I needed to experience as well. Um, it really, I guess, brought me back to that childhood innocence and, and sort of feeling connected to the earth, like where you're just sort of like amongst nature. And the difference is, it's just like completely barren. It's completely brown and desolate. The earth has this beautiful orange in it and so does the sky. It's like the African sky has, has such a, a, a beautiful sort of glow about it that is very different from everywhere else. I don't know, it's just the, maybe the dust in the sky or something, but it's just, oh, it's just stunning. It's beautiful, that place. And I'm dying to go back there. I haven't, I haven't had a chance for some time, but I will. I will. It sounds like an amazing opportunity. Uh, you were uh, selflessly documenting what was happening there and the people that were providing help to their brothers and sisters, essentially, uh, they were doing it very selflessly as well, right? I mean, this was just giving to their fellow human uh, and there's nothing more beautiful than that. Yeah, it's, 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 it really is. It's really beautiful to see them. And I mean, like they're all professionals. So when they get into that mode, I don't think they're thinking of giving, they're just doing their job. Um, I think, I think it's, but there are moments where like, it really does catch you. Like there's, I think, um, I can send you links if you like, if you want to see some of the, some of the, sure. some of the work that I've done with them. But, um, but yeah, there's just, oh, there's some amazing, there's some amazing moments where they're just talking about how like these kids have, 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 have come in to school at like six o'clock in the morning or something like that. They come in at six, they leave at six and they haven't drunk any water in that time like, mm. at all like no water like how does that even work how does that work how does the body function like how do they do that and they just study and they they fight they battle for the right to study you know to to learn like and it's just oh it's such a it's so humbling to 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 sort of see just how the how just the little things that we take for granted and, and it sounds like it again it sounds like I, I i think it's i quote this in the documentary whenever i speak about this it feels like i'm i'm speaking off a, a bumper sticker almost like it really does but it's just amazing to really see how much beauty is in just the little things that the human human journey is about you know like if you make it about just fighting for for your family and your friends or whatever it may be or if you sort of can't see the beauty in the world there's there's a reason for that you know because you're just not looking you know it's there it's all around us you just have to take the time to try to find it yeah 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 so uh you've been in a few films with mm -hmm. with some pretty uh big names ben kingsley uh mickey rourke which i i'm fascinated by mickey <laughs> yeah. rourke uh, Tom Berenger's a, he's a, he's a, Tom Berenger's a big deal here uh, because of ma the major league baseball thing, which is not, uh, uh, baseball is not a big thing. I don't think in Australia, but he, he yeah, there's apparently a, it was for the, for the cricketers in the off season, apparently base. I had no idea about this, but apparently a lot of big cricketers were in the off season. were playing, were playing, but I don't, I only caught up to this recently. So don't quote me on it, but yeah, apparently um, baseball was a big thing here. That's a, that's a fun little nugget there. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so uh, talk, talk about any of those experiences making those movies. Uh, I'm fascinated. I have no concept for what it's like uh, to make a movie and, and, and to make a movie with people that are known throughout uh, the world. Um, oh, it's, 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 
I think in the most in the like films are films are like it's very easy to say and very obvious to say that like films are a collaborative work. So I think when when you can do as an actor, your your job is basically to turn up and be the color to which that is on the palette to which the director decides to paint with or not. Um, and it's 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 really really interesting to to learn that side of that and sort of you know your you it's your job to bring as many shades of that color to the role as possible. And I think when you're working in a huge production, it's really really you can you can it can become like, I think my first production was just insane. And I think about the, how long that went on for and how much like just grit everybody had on the, on, on the, uh, on the shoot. It was incredible, but um, yeah, it is. It's one of those things that like, I think, I think it's hard. I, I haven't been on a, on a, on a film or I have been, I have been. I, only recently can I say that I've been in a film where, where I've kind of forgotten that everything was there and sort of just got to the point where I'm like, this is what I got into filmmaking for. This is what I got into the whole thing for. You know, it's when I get on stage as a singer, I, I, I instantly feel it's there. But when, as an actor, it's, it's so, the, the world of, of, of acting is so, there's, it's so muddied sometimes because there's so much ego in it. I think, I think because it's not, again, it is a collaborative work. So to work with somebody like it's, it's, it's that old thing of one and one makes three. It's not one makes two. Like you can't, you've got to really both give your all and something else will come out beautifully in it. And I think, I think I've, I've, there's been so many times where I've worked with, with other actors where it's just been so focused on, on, on themselves or whatever it is and and it's been a challenge i think to, at the start of it has been a big challenge for me to sort of really sort of uh regulate my expectations i think <laughs> um, i think for the first film that i did it was it was good but i i remember just having these stars in my eyes where i was like man you know what i'm gonna play the you know the counter-terrorist this guy is like written for me this is gonna be awesome jack bauer eat your heart out dude i got you like <laughs> and I, was, I there was there was stuff written in the script where um this guy was like you know highly advanced in martial arts and you know jumps off buildings and beats up bad guys like with his bare knuckles and I was so excited about that role and I remember just thinking like the, the expectations were so high and I I, I I remember just training for every day I was just training to make because I knew there was, was going to be an interrogation scene where I where he doesn't have a shirt on I don't know why you don't have a shirt on in an interrogation scene but um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and and um yeah I remember I remember being like the movie magic was was a, a little bit lost for me I think on some of those films you know I think um I really I I really felt like some of those moments that that I saw on the script didn't quite come off the page and into reality in the can the way that uh, I had these huge ideals for, you know, like seeing too, maybe too much Jason Bourne and expecting 
cameramen to run behind you jumping off like I literally I literally jumped off in my first film I jumped off um it was a 20 story building I think it was it was a 20 story building and I jumped off the top story two floors down onto like a mattress and if that sounds like a pretty big feat if it wasn't for the fact that before that it started raining and um they were going to call it off and do it later but then the stunt guy that was with me um that was he was the guy that I was chasing he was playing that role as well so and he was like yeah yeah cool I've got this I've got it no problem I'm going to do it and he and he gets up there and he and he kind of kind of gets into the role of a bit too much and maybe you know dramatizes the fall a little bit too much and when he lands he breaks his legs oh oh like both legs oh um and i remember my dad being on the shoot he was there as well and he was just like no <laughs> nope <laughs> nope not happening nope and i was like no look i got this i've been like you know i've been doing parkour for like you know three or four years now i got I got this i got that i you know i'm i'm a martial artist it's i got this in the bag it's no no problem at all and um, yeah, I remember I remember doing it, and it was a jump. It was a jump, man. It was a serious jump. It would have been at least about maybe about 15, 16 feet, I think. No, more than that. Almost, almost twenty. Just, just under twenty. And I remember doing the jump and just thinking, "Holy shit! Don't freak out because everyone else will freak out." But I. I it, when I hit the hit the mattress, I just rolled and it was fine. It was not an issue, but I could feel that, you know, when you kind of reach that velocity where you feel you're going to break something, <laughs> like, you know, when you jump off a bridge into water or something, I did feel that. I was like, oh, that was, that was lucky, but it's all good. It's all good. And then I saw, I remember seeing the rushes and my heart was broken because they, it was a close, they just, it was a close up. They didn't even shoot it properly. Oh. Like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like, and it just—it was—it was so—it was, so, was so heartbreaking for me to see that footage, because I just thought, wow, well, that guy can't even—they can't even tell that he's jumping off. But for me, it's just—it—they could have got anyone to have done that stuff. Like, I didn't even have to jump the way they—they—they—they they, they, they shot me. Like, I literally fall out of frame <laughs> from the shot, and they probably miss about maybe. 10 feet so i don't i don't know what they were thinking about when they when they set that shot up but i mean there was some great cinematography throughout the film but in that particular point um i was i was really disappointed when i saw the the final of that um and it still itches me it still to me when i say it but and i don't know an actor shouldn't be talking about this stuff after a project but that really really frustrated me <laughs> but yeah I'm, that's, I'm, frustrated. I'm frustrated for you <laughs> yeah. well I mean like it's, and that's that's the thing too like it's sort of you don't as it, it's a lesson as, a, as an actor you kind of you don't have control of the output you don't you, you simply don't you don't have and I think that's that's kind of a little bit of why I keep on steering I'm not trying to steer towards music like the conversation but that's why I've, I've kind of felt like at least with music you have somewhat control over the out of the product that comes out you know what i mean like you can it's something that you go here you go you can take that whereas with acting it's a constant feel of like you are and and 
and I say this only to to hold the metaphor, but I, I, I feel like, you know, you kind of objectified in that way as an actor, even when you go out and you're doing, you know, when you're schmoozing and networking and stuff like that, you are the product as opposed to, you know, your voice when you get up on stage, you know? Um, and it's, it is, it is something that's really, it's, it's something very, very difficult to sort of balance and, and being on set, especially when you have different actors that have, you know, you have some actors that have huge egos and you have actors that are just freaking amazing to work with and they just give so much you're like holy crap dude i want to see can i see that because you see the output the, the 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 take and you're just like man we i want to go again but i think we have it like it's just like you know it was just amazing some of these people that are just and it really is it's one of to me i think that's what acting is it's a very very selfless act it's sort of entertainment is basically living the highlight reel of somebody's life right that's that's what it is it's it's like if we were to see the real life netflix episodes of somebody's life you know one season would be basically a day <laughs> you know you'd be going through the life of them you know buttering their bread and it's just like there's a lot of stuff that doesn't need to happen but what we're experiencing and what we're experiencing is the human condition and i think when you experience those really crazy highs and those, you know, dramatic lows, those really hardball lows, um, that's what we're drawn into. And when you have, when you have this job of, of going to work and then having to relive like, you know, somebody's death, you know, like they talk about famously about that um, scene in, in, um, Endgame for um, what's his name, Robert Downey Jr., where he had to they 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 changed the script at the end and they you know I won't give any spoilers away for those who haven't watched it, but um, there's an extra part in there where he where he gets to say his quote phrase of "I am Iron Man again," right? And they didn't that wasn't a part of the script that wasn't part of it, and they called him afterwards to say, "Look, this is the perfect line. We need you to do this," and he was like, "I." I, I don't, I can't go back there, you know? And it's funny because people always say like, these guys are getting paid millions of dollars to do this stuff. You know, I would be doing it, no problem. But it's just, it's a perfect example of just how taxing it is for an actor to go back there emotionally. Like, it's just like to, to experience death, to experience like sort of giving your all. It's, it's not something, the reason why we experience it on such a, such a uh, visceral level when we're watching it is because those actors are actually going through that. They're actually going through that psychological pain. They're actually going through that physiological pain where their body, that's why they sweat on screen when they're about to blow up a bomb or something. It's because their body is literally shaking because that's what they're fooling their body into believing, you know? So to do that, it's not, it's not easy. And that's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's amazing to see some work that people are doing out there. And I've, I've had like going back to the first question that you said, the art took me on this train. Um, yeah, I've had some amazing moments in, in, in film where I've had to be able, where I've had the opportunity to, um, to embrace some of those highs and lows. And it's been a, it's been a really great journey. It really has. And it's, I think the latest film is the, is probably one of the first films where I'm just sort of like, man, I'm, I'm really excited for people to see this. Like it's, it's not, like with with other stuff, I can't even be in the same room. Like it's it's good, I, and I enjoy it as a as a piece of entertainment. But it's um, sometimes it can be very difficult as an actor. I understand 
I understand now why, like I used to think that, you know, Johnny Depp and all that were just full of air when they said, oh no, I can't watch my performances, but it's, it is really hard. It's really, really tough because um, you pick up, you pick up on those, um, on those, on those moments, those, um, those beats where you're not a hundred percent in it or where like the director took a choice where he goes, Oh, I like him because he looks better in this. And you're just like, Oh, why did man, I gave you, Oh, I gave you amazing. And there was like the beautiful take before that. Why did you choose that one? And it's, you just don't have control over it, you know? Um, and that's, that's just, that's just part of it. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I have to go back to the shirtless interrogation. What was the conversation <laughs> like that led to, to that? What's that? Sorry. What, what was the conversation that led to you conducting a shirtless interrogation? Right, right. Um, you don't have to was... answer that. It could be rhetorical. <laughs> <laughs> People could watch the movie. I think that I think there was uh, I was searching for some RDX or something like that. And yeah, that was that was uh, it was I don't know why, but maybe I was trying to scare the guy. I guess like it was like with, <laughs> with my boobs, like I don't know, like with my ex, like it was just like. Um, but I had been working out quite some time, and I and I and I remember I remember my. Re- uh, my training schedule was intense how much I was training for that and like wow it was it was uh, I'm looking forward for another opportunity to train that hard again I think like let's say that one it, that was it was good it was a good um, it was a good uh, outcome I think yeah yeah very <laughs> cool uh famous or not who's your favorite actor to work with that, that you've had the wonderful opportunity to work with wow. um I think um I was I was trying to tap into the, your notion of connecting with another actor mm, in a powerful mm, way. Mm. Um, wow, I think that would have to be honestly that would have to be back in drama school. There was there's like there was a few actors that I just love to work with because not just because not just because they were super talented, is because they would they would be they'd be vulnerable enough to on both sides of the stage, like on the, on the side of like, Hey, did I, did, did I run over your lines or did I do this? Or was that, was that okay? Cause I felt like I was kind of stealing a bit of the stage for you or what. And like, that's, that was really cool when you have people that are sort of vulnerable enough to, to sort of let go of the ego. And I don't know if I'll, if I'll, if I'll get the opportunity to work with, with actors that are that sort of, um, that are that sort of uh, open to sort of working with, but yeah, I've, I've, I've worked, I've definitely worked with just, just outside of school when I just got out of school, I've worked with, but I've run into a lot of egos as well, you know, and that's, it's, it's frustrating because it's sort of, it's sort of like we're all in this because, well, maybe some of us aren't in there for the art, who knows, but, but uh, we, we all want the best product surely at the end of the day, you know, Um, and to do that, it means if, if I'm playing your best friend, then let's have a beer afterwards. You know, let's you know, let's do what we need to do. If we're if we're in, engaged in in mortal combat, then let's let's throw a few punches, like you know, um, training wise, at each other, like beforehand. Let's let's make it the best that we can because ultimately, what's so beautiful about film is and and devastating is it's there forever. You know, it's it's there for something to 
um, for prosperity, as you say, you know, it's, it's there to sort of to engage with and, you know, you want to come back to it and, and be proud of the work that you do. And I think, I think one thing that you learn as an, as an artist is that you're always improving and to go back to things that you've done before, it sometimes can be a little bit painful, but also it's sort of like, wow, cool. That's proof. I'm improving. That's awesome. Like, you know, um, yeah, a, a perfect example is, is when I go back to some of my previous work that I've done, like, I think I, this isn't, this isn't the first movie I've sung for, for apparently. Um, and yeah, like some of the stuff I've gone back to, I've gone, wow, that's, that's not bad. That's cool. Or, you know, when you, when you've seen like some of the, the scenes where you sort of, it seems like a lot of my stuff is like when I'm looking back at it, I'm just seeing flashes of a lot of drama, like a really, really intense, you know, don't worry, brother, I'll be there, I'll be there for you or whatever those sort of scenes. <laughs> and um, yeah, when you're, when you're, uh, when you're a hundred percent in that, it's, it's really, it's really, really cool. You know, when you can sort of get out of your own way, so to speak, when you can get a, get out of the way of what the actor needs to perform and just sort of represent that character because that character in some way or form whether it's in this story or not is a is a true life human somewhere and if you can bring them to life so that people can respond to that and resonate with that while they're watching it then that's that's you've kind of you've kind of you know done your mission in the in the in the piece so yeah yeah cool so uh can we talk about the current movie that's about to be released yeah yeah sure absolutely uh what's the name of it it's called Nightwalk. Um, it's it's about a an American um, that falls in love with uh, a girl from the Middle East, and they go back to their home country to uh, sort of to meet the parents, I guess you would say, and to sort of be exposed to that culture. And um, without giving too much away, um, he they find themselves in the worst of sort of situations where where they're unchaperoned outside when they're, when they're supposed to be. And um, it, 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 it puts them in an altercation where unfortunately she meets her demise. And what happens is from this, um, we, we, we kind of find the, uh, the protagonist in, in jail. That's where the story starts off. And it's sort of from, from then on, it's sort of, it takes you on a bit of a roller coaster as to, what happened there and why it happened and how can he just survive this um whether it's you know whether you survive in those situations or like you're given an opportunity to thrive because of faith or whatever it may be um those opportunities will sort of land in your lap and it's it's sort of it depends on how you take take those things and in this film i play the um i play the investigative journalist that's also the best friend of this guy and uh, yeah, it's interesting to sort of to sort of have that that sort of a role where you're running around and doing stuff. And yeah, it was really really good fun, really good fun. We shot it in in uh, in Los Angeles, as well as uh, as well as in Morocco, mm. um, which was which was fantastic. It was uh, it was funny because I actually went there. I went there twice while they were filming two different two different big parts of it. And the first time I went to Morocco. I hated the place with a passion. I really disliked it. I thought the people there were arrogant and um, just rude and obnoxious. And then for some reason, I decided to sort of <laughs> just sort of think, oh, maybe it's just me that's like that. And when I went there, I, I took the sort of the, the road less traveled and sort of figured, hey, let's, 
instead of you know expecting them to understand English why don't I try and learn French and and Arabic and I picked up a couple of words and it just made a world of difference it just suddenly that the culture was opened up to me people wanted to make friends with me like there was cafe people that were starting conversations with me even though they knew that I knew only three words you know um it was just it was just a beautiful experience and that really fueled my experience while I was making the film like it was just it's amazing it's such a stunning place and if I ever had an opportunity to, to build up a atelier over there or a, or, a, or a workhouse there I would do it I would it's that place is magnificent it really is yeah I think that's true for a lot of cultures where uh if you're foreign to that part of the world walls are up but if you take the first step to learn three words in French or Arabic uh th- those walls can come down quite easily mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was just amazing. It really was. It was such a beautiful place. I would, uh, I would definitely tell people to go there. It's just, it's stunning. And, and lots of, lots of French or Arabic. <laughs> don't, don't, don't make yourself go there twice and learn that lesson. <laughs> Did uh, so? Uh, I, I have to ask, what uh, French words can you say? Uh, Merci beaucoup. <laughs> Parlez-vous anglais? <laughs> See, si, si uh, play. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna change the battery out where it's engaged. One second, you might lose both of your. Yeah, I'm 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 losing you, Jimmy. Yep. Okay, one second. All right. Have you got me again? Yes, you're back. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, it was just, uh, it was, yeah, it was really, really cool. I, I, Morocco is just amazing. And this, and the whole experience for me, this, in this film was, it was, it was, it was really different because it did take, it did take course over a few, for a, for a while, I think it was about almost two years, I think, in production of this film is because it kept on starting and stopping because they had different issues that were coming up the way where they were um, losing production funds and stuff like that. And then, um, or they ran out of funds, sorry. And then they started filming again. And then they, suddenly there was this huge sort of movement because there was so many people that were interested in the film all of a sudden because it became mm. very relevant. Um, yeah, it was really, it was a really great opportunity to sort of just uh, just really engage with the material to be over there as well, you know? So yeah, it was really, really cool, really cool. And you got to play a pretty big role too, right? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Very poignant role. I think this, I think that was the good part about it was definitely there was definitely the 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 story points very largely centered around um, myself and the lead character. So a lot of those areas of the yeah, really really cool to be a part of. But also there's that um, while we were there, my parents came to visit on set. They love doing that, and um, my 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 dad became very fast friends with the with the director. And he was like, oh, so do you guys have a, like, do you guys have like a, a title track? Do you have like a theme song for the film? And he's like, oh, no, I didn't even think about that. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. And, and dad's like, well, you know, maybe I can write something or something. And then like, dad comes away that day and goes, oh, how was the, how was, how was work? And I'm like, oh, we did some good scenes. It was good. So, so um, you've got to write a song for the movie now. <laughs> and I was like, what? Okay. Uh, yeah. And it just, it, the way that it worked out, like I wasn't supposed to, um, I wasn't really supposed to sing it, but because I knew the, I knew the, 
I knew the the subject matter so so well that it was easy for me to write it. But when I went to the studio, they wanted me to do the guide tracks. So generally, a guide track is when somebody somebody that's written the song or has a, a better 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 knowledge of the song sings it so the actual singer that's going to perform it will hear it and go, okay, cool, this sounds good. I'll do whatever I want to do with it, but this is what they planned for it. Um, and when they heard me singing it, they were like, whoa man okay well this is this is pretty good maybe you should just do it you know so um yeah that song that's how that that became um my piece of work which which yeah I was really I'm really proud of and it's it's uh it'll be released I think in a week or so now I think um but yeah I've been arduously working on that for the last man uh, maybe two weeks just the music video for it at least anyway and but um but yeah, it's been it's been it's been a great opportunity. That film has really sort of uh, really on so many levels gifted me with different things at different times. So, yeah. will the release be worldwide? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it will be worldwide. I think it'll be streaming as well as um, it'll be hitting a few cinemas in um, in the states. I'm not sure. I'm I'm really not familiar with exactly how wide it will be in the states i know that times aren't the easiest to go go out to the cinemas and and experience something on the big screen but um yeah if you can it would be awesome it's um yeah i think it's coming out on the 15th of june so yeah not not long now but um but yeah that's exciting it's, it's, yeah it is it is it is it definitely is and i think that um the song for me is just it's 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 such a it's such a gift in the sense of like it it really is for me it's sort of like unlike a uh, performance that you don't have control over like I was saying before it is something that I can sort of it's become its own entity like when when people hear it when I when I when I when I see people reacting to it I'm like wow that's that's really cool you know like it's really cool to see that reaction with people that, that you know the first thing is like is that your voice no what um and then the second thing is like you can see people getting into it and start singing it and you're like yes that's it that's the one that's it so yeah it's it's been a really really amazing um journey so far and it's sort of at the moment i'm thinking next steps of where where the next thing is going we've got another project coming up that was supposed to be shooting uh at the start of this the end of last year i think um called dubai cash uh, which after the producers heard the song that I wrote, were like they were sort of like, well, do you have anything that gives you more opportunities to sing in a film? And um, yeah, it was just it it just so happened that I did. There was a there was a film that I had in the works that was um, basically yeah, about a about a struggling musician that 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 was giving up on music and that very much in the same in the same vein as almost with me and acting actually. Um, that was sort of like ready to call it quits just before things started refizzling up. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's really, it's been a really, really cool um, journey so far. I can't say that I can't say that I've been incredibly successful, but the highs and the lows have been worthy of taking this journey. I think it's been really, really cool. That's the nature of what you're pursuing, right? There's, they're going to be highs and they're going to be lows. Yeah, <laughs> more, more extreme than the the, uh, the typical person would go through, I imagine. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, like when you're, when you're, when you're singing for supper or performing for your supper, it's always going to be something that's, that, um, that, yeah, has a bit more weight in it. And it's, it's sort of, 
Um, I think I think there's that you know there's this sense of and and it probably it probably has gone through all of this you know chat that we've had is that there's, there's this sort of sense that you know you have this dis divine dissatisfaction I think one of my teachers called it back in trauma school where you have you have an idea of what you want to create you want you know you you get into an art form because you have acquired this taste for this art you you believe in it so wholeheartedly that I mean I've been offered so many times to go to, to Bollywood or to or to do stage theater because my because the skill sets that I have being dancing and stuff like that really sort of um really lend themselves well to those to those mediums but um to me it's it's that's not what I signed up for it's not what like film for me like whether it be Lord of the Rings or or um you know or one of the Bond films or whatever it is whatever that 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 there is that that the moral of that story that allows us to cling to and sort of inspires us that's that's why you get into it and you you develop these um sort of a, a keen eye for what makes great film but it doesn't mean that you've developed the skill set to produce it you know so you have that's why everybody has a freaking opinion you know like everyone has a has an opinion of what's good acting or not like doesn't mean you can do it it just means that you've seen it you've seen it so much and you've learned to love it so much um that you understand it but not inherently to the point that you can reproduce it and that that's kind of what the journey is for an artist it's it's kind of like sort of you know expressing expressing that stuff that you have bottled up because you you've 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 seen what you love so much but you want to take it to the next level of what you believe you can offer and yet you still have to get to what you know you saw that, in, that kind of instilled that love to begin with so it's a really arduous and long journey but it's it's um I would say to anybody steer absolutely clear of it unless you have such a passion and love for it don't do it because it's got it there's more heartbreak in it than it has reward that's for sure but at the same time those rewards are so beautiful um and like to and i've gotten most of my rewards out of things that i never would have like that thought i never would have like kenya i'm i'm you know my voice is in it and but but those that that lens that you're seeing is through my perspective those moments that you see are my the way that I experienced it, you know, like, and that's, that for me is magic. That's like bringing, it's the same thing. It's bringing that story and letting people feel my visceral connection to that land. And that's, that was, that's really special. And I never, ever would have thought that I would have experienced that. And I don't think I would have been able to offer that had I not taken the journey that I have as an actor. Like yeah. had I not learned how to understand what drama is through like that human condition and experience it through that. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a really cool journey so far, and it's taking really crazy turns at the moment. Where I'm starting to teach or facilitate at least some of the skill sets that I've that I've uh, that I've learned or were exposed to, and formulate different versions of um, along the line um, with method with methodology and with. Can you still hear me? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, with different with different methodologies of like finding characters and animal embodiment, so to speak. And yeah, um, some really, really cool, cool things along the line. And they've, they've, it, it has in the last, maybe in this sort of lockdown for me, um, has really allowed all of that love to thrive again, because it was just, it was on the verge of like, no, 
maybe I should be an electrician or a carpenter or, you know, but those are, yeah, those are worthy pursuits. Yes, absolutely. Why not? Yeah, no, absolutely. I have had my, I've had a good share, but yeah, this, this, this whole lockdown, like learning Portuguese and learning to capoeira and piano and whatever else you can kind of throw at me to, to learn in, you know, in the space of four walls, it's been, it's really been an amazing, um, amazing just again, like when you go back to what we'll say, you can see it as being a boring time or you can see it's something to be like wondering the magic of what there might be, you know, and uh, what it might open other experiences up on the pathway, you know, like I don't think I'll ever go to Brazil anytime soon, but maybe, maybe in the next, you know, uh, two years, three years, who knows. So you mentioned lockdown. Uh, how long have you, is, is this lockdown like over a year or has it been like the last few weeks? This is the last few weeks, I think. The Melbourne Melbourne was famously for a long time the longest lockdown um, in the world. We had like, I think, before anybody did, we were locked down for something like seven or eight months, I think, where it was yeah. like literally all they had was um, supermarkets were opened and uh, cafes to take away only, which you guys say to go. Um, and, and that was it. They had nothing else open and it was, oh, and chemists, of course. Um, but that was it. And it was just, it was a, it was a freaking nightmare that we, I think, I think for some, for some people, it was like that human, human connection was, was, they never really knew how much they needed it until it was gone, you know, and to, to have people that was sort of like just to just to just to hug my my nieces and stuff. Oh man, the 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 connection and love that that brought to me. Oh my god, when when we all got to to see each other again, that was so sweet, you know. But um, but yeah, it was it was really troubling. But the thing is, is when it was really funny because I'd done I've been doing capoeira for almost like. And I, I tell this to people whenever anyone asks, they go, oh, so you've been doing capoeira for about a year now. And I go, yeah, yeah. But I only count like, you know, it's really technically, it's only like four months because I've only been doing it for four months outside of, outside of lockdown. Um, but I threw myself into that so much that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm playing like the berimbau now, like the, you know, the, the long fish fish pole looking yeah, yeah. almost like a bow thing. I'm, I'm playing the brimbao i'm playing the the pandero um i'm playing like it's just it's crazy like this lockdown has allowed me um do you watch that do you watch, watch that show um dragon ball z no the cartoon or you're familiar no. with it yes okay, well anyway <laughs> there's like there's it always ends up when there's a an enemy that's way way overpowered for any hero to to overcome it always ends up with with the hero goku going to this place called the hyperbolic chamber it's like a hyperbolic time chamber where he goes there and he just where every minute that he spends in this hyperbolic cha chamber is like a year in real life right so he can go away for five minutes and come back five years later and had five years training whatever it is and that's kind of what this whole thing has felt like for me it felt mm. like i've just been like wow, I've gotten back my, like, you know, I've gotten back my movement and I'm like, I'm, I'm a solid middle-aged dude right now and I'm doing flips and doing cartwheels all over the place. It's radical. And then, then with the music, it's like, it's like I've been that musician that could play chords by the campfire and sing. And now it's, it's to the point where I'm like, 
you know, I'll sit down the by the piano and I'll write out a song in like about two minutes. Like I'm like, oh, cool, cool. All right, this is cool. All right, get the rhythm. Yep, cool, nice. Oh, that's nice. What does that make me feel like? And it's just, it's amazing the difference that 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 time has has given me. I feel like it's it's really given me the opportunity to sort of just find love in those small things that you want to do and find those tools and train them up to express yourself the way you need to. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if if everybody else is feeling that way around the world, but I certainly hope they do because it is there for them if they want it. You know, like there's all of these things that that uh, that we find beauty in, whether it be music or movies or whatever it may be. Like that's they're all skill sets that we can that we can learn and we can that we can sort of propagate by doing it. You know, you get your little you know iPhone camera out and see how you know frames work and frame sizes and focal lengths and all that sort of stuff you can do that it's all at your you know disposal if you want to but you've got to want to do it and you've got to shake yourself out of like oh crap you know the world sucks right now because it won't suck forever yeah there's a lot of good that's come out of the pandemic as odd as as it is to say that uh i'm an optimist it, it seems like you're an optimist uh yeah you just have to make the best of uh every situation it sounds like you you picked up some pretty cool skills that you wouldn't have otherwise. And I love your, your, uh, your hyperbolic chamber analogy. There. <laughs> it totally feels like that right now. It's yeah. I've picked up a, a ton of skills and I've probably, I've probably wasted a lot of time doing, doing some stuff like um, yeah, video gaming was good fun. I still do that, but at the same, and that's probably more of a, a way to communicate with people now. It's just shooting the breeze with people and sort of, you know, whether it's playing Call of Duty or whatever it may be with some one of my mates in London or, or back in the States. It's a it's a really great way to catch up. But um but yeah, now I'm finding myself doing like but I'll just I'll ring somebody out of the blue and say, What are you doing for five minutes and thirty seconds? And they'll be like, not sure why. I'm like, well, I had this song that I was thinking about and I just wanted to play it to you. And then I'll just perform a one-person show and um and then um yeah, and let that person know that I'm caring about them. You know, yeah. like that that uh, it's really, really cool. It's a really great way to. I mean, maybe that's probably half of my sort of experience to get over stage fright when it's that introverted sort of self, like letting people in as well, which is more of a you know. Um, but uh, yeah, it's also a gift as well. Like that's that's something that you can celebrate. So very cool. So before the pandemic, you, you base my guess is you you call Melbourne. I can't say it the way you say it, Melbourne home. Uh, but you, you certainly travel a lot. You spend a lot of time in LA. Or when you travel, is it mostly for work, or is it entirely for work? Otherwise, you would you would stay in Australia. Do I have that right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Um, yeah, it is it is actually mostly for work. It's like um, I think that's what steers it. I think there's always like a sort of a you know a, a meeting that'll happen over in in LA or in New York or in. Um, or, is it, or in Sri Lanka for that matter. We've been there back there a few times starting up businesses and stuff like that. And um, yeah, it'll generally be a visit there to, to see what's going on and see if, we, if, there is, if there is work there or if that matter, like just doing a project at the, at the side, sort of building up all these other things around it. So yeah, I think for most of the most part, it's been, it's been a matter of sort of just take going where the work takes you. Um, and it's, I've been really lucky to, to sort of have a family that's sort of, um, has been support right now. I'm living with my parents, you know, which is which is 
which is, I think, a lot of a lot of Australians find themselves in this sort of situation. But they've always been there with me, and they've always been very, very supportive. Like whenever they, whenever I, you know, whenever I'm finding my footing a little bit, you know, soft. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, and they've always been there, like to add that sense of sort of both of them understanding the entertainment business. They, they're sort of. I think they have a very sort of wise owl-like sort of status when it comes to giving advice, which is really great to hear. Um, also, you know, sometimes they can go on a little bit, but but, <laughs> but but at the same time, like it's it's it is it's it's I'm very very fortunate to have that wisdom on my on my side. Yeah, very cool. So, uh, Jimmy, we're we're almost at ninety minutes, and and uh, I really appreciate you taking this time. Can we talk about how you met your wife and, and talk about your wife? And do you have kids? Oh, I don't have I don't have kids. I don't have a wife yet. I'm still I'm still flying around single. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I figured by now you'd be a married man. You're living uh, the life. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't say I'm quite living the life. It's it's for those for those of us that have traversed the the age of, um, what is it? internet dating and into app dating um from the traditional dating it's it's a nightmare it sucks <laughs> um yeah try to explain to people what you do uh, i mean because that's, that's generally what the first question is and i find it so much easier to naturally meet people because there's no preconceived notions of of needing to sort of oh we're here to to meet and we're here to date sort of thing it's sort of you can meet people naturally that way and i think i've had way much more success being back in Melbourne at this time um, than I have in any other relationship that I've had before that. Like it's sort of, I've had a real sort of opportune moment to sort of redefine, I think what, what a relationship is for me, which is a really weird, weird direction to take this conversation. It's, I think it's sort of, um, I think in my past experiences, I've always, I've always had a very sort of idealized sense of, um, what a relationship is supposed to be. And I think, unfortunately, I'd always for myself fall short of that, that target. And then at the same time that if I fall short, how, how is anybody else supposed to meet that sort of, you know, and I think I've, I'm calling it the Romeo complex and it's, it's probably, it's probably uh, something that, that uh, will come out in some way or form, you know, in a song appearing very soon. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like, I think it's this, this whole, this year has been Romeo's lullaby for me. It's sort of been sort of understanding that, you know, like it's not, it's about, um, it's about experiencing and sort of really, getting to know who you are with that, those people, you know, who you're dating or wherever it is, it's sort of, it's, it's about learning to sort of know that nobody's going to be perfect for you, but you might be perfect together. Um, and if it's not, it's okay as well. It's fine. It's all right. You just, move, you just move along and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be, you know, um, you don't have to fight for it. If it doesn't feel right, you don't have to, you know, put that person in a, a different shape, but at the same time, I do, I do miss that ideal that that comes with that hollywood romantic sense of like oh wow we'll find each other in a paddock and it's gonna be you know um it's gonna be perfect but that's yeah i thought um i think that that has come along for me a, a couple of times or at least i had thought it had um 
But yeah, it is, it's really difficult being in this field because, you know, ultimately, ultimately you're sort of sharing a lot of intimate moments with a lot of people with the rest of the world, you know? Um, and it's, it's, it's a very strong person that can sort of uh, not only just, not only just bear that, but sort of be open to enjoying it as well. Like sort of going, okay, like that's something we can talk about or whatever it may be and separate those two people. It's very, very difficult. I've always found that to separate those worlds because there's something so strange about being on the screen that turns like, you know, that turns, you know, leaders and, and royalty into like children, you know, there's suddenly when you're, when you're, when you have that, that stature, it's, it's a very uncomfortable position to be in sometimes when, when people start treating you in a whole different way to which you're unaccustomed to. And it, 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 for me, it's, it's, um, it's, it's altogether uncomfortable. It's like when people treat me that differently, I, I remember so, so frequently when we were, when we were in Sri Lanka filming, how people would just come up and ask for, for autographs and stuff. And I was more than happy to, but then there would be people that would just kind of, you know, and it's, it's great that they're so enthusiastic, but at the same time, it was, it was, it was almost scary for me that the way that they were going on about it, like it was sort of, and that's, it's, I can understand why so many people sort of lose touch with, with that, uh, that human connection when they sort of get sort of propelled up so quickly, you know, um, yeah. not that that's happened to me always. It's just in certain occasions where you do feel that. And it's sort of, it's um, because as an actor, that's kind of, that's kind of the currency that you deal with, right? Like you're giving, you're giving away your, private moments on screen and everybody believes that they've seen you in those private moments yeah. because it's a visceral experience for them and then they believe that they're so familiar with you that you're almost like brother and sister or you've gone through the same pain together um and you have on their end <laughs> but not on yours you're not you're not familiar with those people and there's a there's a disconnect there that happens and it's very it's very jarring when you experience it yeah it feels uh, unnatural um and, and unusual for sure. I, I, I can't even wrap my head around what that must be like when that happens to you. Mm, mm. It's, it's, it is really strange when you have, you know, when you get along with somebody really well, like, you know, and uh, suddenly she'll say like, Oh, I saw you in this and I saw you in that. And Oh my God, can you do this for me? Like, and you just like, Whoa, okay, wait, <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, hey, um, I think I'll, I'll be back in a second. Really nice meeting you. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> It's yeah, it is. It can be really, really jarring. It's but um, but yeah, it, I think you know, I th I think it's it's right now. I am completely happy with where I'm at. I think you know, um, the right person is probably just a just a accidental bump on the street. I'm still I'm still optimistic <laughs> when it comes to stuff like that. I still believe in the ideal, but I do believe that like you know, there's there's not the perfect person out there for me there's the perfect meeting and then like you know the perfect relationship will develop from that as opposed to just these people are perfect for each other sort of thing so yeah yeah we'll say she, we'll she's out there uh i'll just tell you at being married 22 years you have you end up loving the imperfections and that makes the relationship even stronger ah that's awesome man yeah 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 definitely. Cool. i i th this is a great place to end i think but i, I want to talk to you about wushu how did you pick up wushu Wushu, uh, 
Wushu was when I came to Melbourne after doing Capoeira for about six years. I was in Sydney. And when I changed to Melbourne, Wushu was like a, uh, I mean, I, I love, I love Kung Fu films, right? So Wushu, Jet Li, it was like, it was like a, a perfect, a perfect combination together. And um, I just, there was something in, with Capoeira, there's something about it that lends itself to, to the practitioner's um, style and emotion charisma with wushu that's almost completely gone it's not it's not a thing it's sort of there is a way to kick there is a way to do it there's a there's a there's a right way there's a wrong way you're doing it wrong you know and there was just something about it for me that was just so like you know perfect and precise that i i, I just loved it because it's sort of like you're doing it wrong you're doing it right tell me i'm doing it okay why am i doing it wrong how do i how do i you know get it perfect and it that's it has given me so much. I, I, I really do sort of appreciate the journeys that I've had with that too, because it's given me so much um, sense of embodiment and being able to sort of understand how my body works and being able to sort of um, present myself the way I'd like to, um, in a physically in a, in a room at least. And um, yeah, I remember like I got I got quite good. I, I think I can. There's at least about. Six six weapons I can use. Um, yeah, I do like double broadswords and um, the the whip and uh, what is it? Uh, a single broadsword, obviously. The straight sword, the staff. Uh, oh, and I do a couple of the body the body styles too. So I do a I do one of the styles because at the time I was developing like a lot of muscles. Um, I think I was about 20 when I did it. Um, and uh, we did a form called Tung Bei. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but it's like, um, it's kind of like Bagua, but the, the really fast version of it. So it's sort of like, like, you know, you're sort of really moving fast when you sort of like, you're sort of slapping out and pushing out and sort of, it's really, really cool form. And I've, I have, I've, I, I've, I feel like I'd really like to, now that I'm in Melbourne, go and see my old teacher who, who I didn't get along with towards the end, <laughs> but um, I'd really love to go and um, touch base and do, do a couple of lessons again. But um, yeah, I, I used to love Wushai. So when I came here and then I was, I, I competed and competed in the national championships and oh, wow. um, yeah, went to the, the trials that that was the, the first round of the trials that they were doing for the Olympics. Cause it was, um, they were already sort of foreclosing on the idea that they were that when Beijing came, they were going to do the Olympic, like they'll do a wushu competition at that time. So, yeah, man, I was super excited. I loved wushu. It was really, really cool, and it was, um, yeah, I was quite, quite uh, proficient at it. So it's been a, it's been a while, but I still have I still have swords laying around the the, the room, and yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's definitely a love of mine. Can you effectively use? Uh, do you use more weapons than you can play instruments? Oh, that's a good question. When you say effectively, you're the judge. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, mm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, I think, I think I'm better with weapons. I think I'm better with weapons. Yeah. That's, that's pretty interesting. Actually, now that you say that. Yeah. I'm more proficient with weapons than I am with, 
like I've, and I have such a range of like right now I can see two different guitars that are just sitting around my room um but yeah I think I, well I guess I guess as well like like capoeira musical instruments are a, another form of expression whereas wushu there is a right and a wrong so you're either doing it right or you're doing it wrong so with broadswords like the when you hear that sort of sound it's sort of like yes you're doing it right yes you're at a 90 degree angle with your body yes you're at you know the form where you're waiting for the next person to come up so yeah i think i think you're forced to be proficient because you know when you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong whereas when you're doing you know um, when you're singing to the guitar it's sort of like the only thing that you're aware of is sort of like you know am i feeling the song you know how am i fit how am i feeling right now and what's you don't really care about like you know you might be you might have had a terrible breakfast and you go man i hate the world right now and this love song is going to tell everyone about how getting up the next morning doesn't feel any better <laughs> you know like so um yeah i think i think there is there's definitely something about that now that the more that i think about it like the different art forms like even with kendo it's sort of the absence of all of that um when i did that it's, the, it's just meditation and in, in a form you know whereas um with capoeira it's sort of like it's there's just everything there's like there's there's a baby clapping in the in the in the corner and that will you know push the the guy that's playing the berimba to play faster and then like the the guy in the drums is like going yeah wow okay no i'm feeling i'm gonna double tap this you know so then all of a sudden the 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 guy or you know that's about to jump in is getting super excited and he like does a flip so that that changes somebody else's mood and it's just got this roll on effect everything is moving with its like with this whole energy you know um i can't remember there's a there's a word for it they say um but uh but with wushu it's and this is the one thing that i this is the one talent i had in wushu was that um amongst all of the other ridiculously you know trained skills that i had in it um the one talent that I had was uh, an amazing propensity to um, to bring fire, the element of fire into everything that I did. Like I had a lot of aggression, I think, when I was a kid. So um, yeah, there's a lot of, I remember everybody, the, the teacher constantly saying, uh, my Sifu was constantly saying, okay, we need to do like him, see how he's doing this. And like, everybody else's punches were like yeah 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 and i'd just be like you know, like there was like <laughs> such a such an aggression that was coming out i could i could i could literally when i was thinking about it when i was doing those forms i i mean now we have those cool cartoons but back in the day when i was doing it i was i could see flames coming from my fist the way that i was punching i was just like so aggressive and and that's something that um yeah wushu is an amazing style I, I i really wish that more people would experience it the way that i did it was really cool it also broke me broke my heart a few times but 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 um yeah i cut myself a few times as well but um but yeah, it's a beautiful art. Like it really is. And that's, I think when people see me do capoeira now, I think there's a lot of, um, there's definitely a lot of sort of, how did he get to that level after doing, you know, only a year? And how did he do that with, with like only four months of face-to-face training? That's ridiculous. And I think it's because of the precision that Wushu has allowed me to go, how do you do that move? Okay, you do it like this. This is the axis. Hold this muscle like that. Turn this like this. Ah, okay, cool. Ah, okay. Now I just add my flavor to it. Cool. And that's, 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 that's how I've sort of 
developed that muscle. But um, yeah, so Wushu, I have a lot to be grateful for for that. Yeah. Do you still practice? Uh, I have, I have, I have been known to take out the sword every now and again just to hear that, whoosh, like that's, that's so cool. Would you like to hear it? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. I think I have it here. Let's see. For our listening audience, Jimmy is grabbing a weapon that makes an amazing sound, but I have no idea what's about to hit the screen. So this is this is the uh, the Wushu broadsword. It's been oh wow! So it's like the competition ones that we have. So it's it's really flimsy, like so it doesn't doesn't really look that pretty, but um, but it makes the most annoying makes the most annoyingly beautiful sound when you can um, when you learn how to use it properly so when you when you sort of do the sort of wavering movement then you have this amazing sound it's sort of <laughs> yeah it's very very cool um super yeah cool. yeah it's yeah yeah i don't think i've i've used it in quite some time but yeah it's it's uh it, it reminds me of the Indiana Jones scene in the original movie. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. That's one of my favorite scenes of all time. It's amazing, that one. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, I've been very lucky to do all of the things that I have done. And I kind of think that, uh, yeah, they've all, they've all kind of leaned, them, leaned into each other. Like every skill that you have as an actor, there's nothing that's, that goes a waste. Every experience is sort of used for the next and i think like wushu that was i think that was probably a moment where when i was when i was doing that arts were never on my mind like it was never something that i was going to use at some other stage but but yeah yeah i ended up doing it quite a bit so yeah. very cool well it's almost noon where i am and almost 2 a.m monday where you are what time do you normally go to bed yeah. ah the last few days i think i've been going to bed at least about four o'clock so oh um but yeah <laughs> yeah. is that because you I travel a lot um it's that it's lockdown and it's like the deadline on these projects it's sort of they're all sort of starting to, to team up at the moment so yeah it's all good though it's all good yeah but, that's uh, awesome well uh jimmy i don't want to take any more of your time i, I love talking to you you're you sound like an amazing guy i really appreciate you taking the time you did <laughs> thank you did so much time for you Thanks. Thanks for the time, Paul. It's been really great talking to you. I feel like I've just, I hope I, I hope we covered all the, everything that you wanted to. It was really good fun. No, it's, it's awesome. I'm going to stop recording real quickly. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com.